Hi, we're Monique and Ali, and welcome to the Together Apart podcast. We are two mothers who are both currently successfully co-parenting and wanted to create the resource that we wish we'd had when we'd started on our journeys of parenting after separation. We want to make it very clear that we are not trained therapists and are sharing our lived experiences. Some of the concepts we speak of aren't relevant in situations where safety is an issue. Okay, welcome to Together Apart. I am Monique and I am here with the beautiful Ali Lemons. We have been talking about this for so long and taking action and then taking no action. <laughs> here we are birthing the first episode into the world. Um, but this time we're not thinking about it and we're just in flow and we're doing. So welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Together Apart. It's about co-parenting, but it's not just about co-parenting. It is about parenting and healing and relationships and communication and all of the things that help us have really rich nourishing relationships and experiences in our life and so we'll just start with a quick definition of what we see co-parenting as and that is two parents who are no longer romantically involved working together as a team to raise their children. And it is our belief that co-parenting relationships, like any relationships are created, they're fostered, they're nurtured. And that the only thing that really shifts once you separate from your parent is that you're no longer romantically or intimately involved with each other. But that's pretty much it. The parenting relationship and even the friendship really still exists and, can be nourished and brought to life for the benefit of not just your children, but yourself as well. It's kind of the whole point. Like you might be sitting there thinking, oh, we don't even have a friendship. And I think that's what we're trying to get out of this podcast Mm. is to create a space where being friends and close friends at that with your ex-partner and your child's parent is a real possibility and Mm. something that's really positive, like, and really Mm. awesome. And really what we've done is we have, literally what we are creating the resource that we both wish that we had had Mm -hmm. to lean on and use and um, listen to when we both set out on our own co-parenting journeys. Yes. And we don't, we also want to preface this and we'll probably say this a million times is that we don't expect your co-parenting journey to look like yours by any means. What we're hoping to, oh yeah, like, (laughs) So what we're hoping to do is just plant a seed of possibility that something, a new way of post-separation parenting is possible. So child-centered approach. Yeah, child-centered approach to um, co-parenting. So we thought we'd start with our stories and just introing ourselves. So we'll start with Ali. Why don't you share a little bit about your family unit and your journey so far? Uh, with everybody listening well my name's Ellie my co-parent's name is Charlie and we have our daughter Rocky um she is four and a half which is awesome at such a fun age although I feel like Mm -hmm. I say that as she gets older all the time um we she was a little bit of a surprise a beautiful surprise um and we separated when she was about seven months old Um, we kind of knew that we would end up separating, um, but we just weren't sure when or what that looked like. Um, and I guess for me, uh, Charlie's really led us up until a certain point. I'd probably say we met in the middle around two years after our separation, but he's really, he really led the co-parenting 
for us. And he had this vision and he came to me and he's like, we're going to be friends and it's going to be beautiful. And I never wanted us to be separate. I didn't want separate birthdays or separate parent-teacher interviews or anything like that, but I couldn't quite comprehend how we were going to get to a place where we'll be friends. You know, I think in a breakup, regardless of whether you see them coming or you don't, there's so many emotions and everything's heightened and you like, there needs to be some time for the dust to settle Mm. and all of that. And I think in that, in that time for me, I was just dumbfounded. Like, how do you expect us to be friends? You know, Mm. Um, I'm not even, I could see a brief friendship, a glimmer of hope there, but how do you expect us to be? And now, like, honestly, he's one of my best friends and he's one of my biggest supporters. Um, And so I think, yeah, for me, and probably I will be able to be relatable to a lot of people who come on here to listen, like, it didn't seem like a possible thing for me. Mm. I didn't quite understand how we were going to get there. Um, And so I would say... I mean, I know we're not going too much into it, but a lot of it is just letting the dust settle in the first bit, taking the Mm. time you need apart to heal. Um, And I think you're similar in that. Um, Yeah. And then going from there. And now now we actually (laughs) co-live. It's um, not a long-term thing, but it's definitely at the moment it works and it's really beautiful. I mean, don't get me wrong, it has its challenges. So we have different bedrooms. Rocky has her own room. um, And it's 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 very helpful in the sense that if I want to go for a run or Charlie wants to go for a run, it's not like days and nights. Um, and yeah, so we co-live, we are really great friends. We speak every day whenever one of us is in a different state with Rocky or without Rocky, we're always sending messages back and forth and we've really worked um, to get here. And I know that it sounds like when I'm saying this, like something just clicked and it happened, but no, it's taken a lot of like conditioning for mm. me. I grew up in a very traditional family. Um, and everyone around me was, if they divorced or my parents' friends had divorced or my friend's parents and they, it was never very amicable. Mm. I rarely saw that it was, um, even an option to have a beautiful end to a relationship. Mm. I saw kids waiting on their fence for their other parent to come pick them up because the parents didn't want to communicate. And so that was my experience of it. So I think, you know, and you do like, we speak about this a lot, um, you learn what you see around you as a child and you Mm. learn that that's normal. And so for me to now have had to, I guess, shed those conditionings around so many things and the same with my family and friends, like it took a really long time for me to get through to people and be like, no, we're friends. Like I, I don't need you to sit Uh, and encourage me to just get back together. Yeah. Just get get on so well. Just, yeah. Not even that. Like I don't need you to sit here and, you know, if I needed to vent about something, I don't want mm. you to do it in a negative way because we're actually working towards this really incredible thing. And so I think it took a long time for me to kind of get through. First of all, it took a long time for me to get it in my head that that's what we could be mm. and to get where we were. And then I had to be so careful with it. And it reminds me of Glennon Doyle, if you've read Untamed, where yes. she goes, we have our island and mm. fear is not allowed on our island. Mm. And I felt kind of like that about our situation. I was like, right, I have to be really careful about who I talk to. I have to be really careful about who I bring into our space and who I allow to influence my mind. Because if they're not understanding that Charlie and I have this goal to be beautiful friends, then they're not going to necessarily help me with that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I went on a bit of a tangent there, but I think that's no, a really important thing. It's like, you, and I remember saying to a friend recently, um, you can't speak to me 
like that about him. That's not, mm. he's my team member to my teammate and we're working to this together. He's Rocky's dad. I love him. Like I need you to drop that. And I remember saying it so clearly because I'm not a great one with boundaries. It's been a big learning thing for me. And I remember mm. setting this boundary and being like, God, that felt so good. Yeah. Um, but just making sure that the people around you, because I think for me and you, I remember you saying, and you'll probably talk about this next, but a really big thing was, well, it's okay if you guys are doing it and we see our vision, but how do you continue doing that in everyday life with your mm. support systems in place mm. and have them help support you? Um, and yeah, so we have done a lot of work we've both done and we continue to do and I think you know we do an episode on the principles of co-parenting is that what we ended up calling it I yeah. think so yeah and we talk about healing and well healing work self-work um on ourselves and Charlie and I are constantly bettering ourselves we're constantly working on our communication skills so it doesn't just necessarily click into place it's been a really long journey I would say the first year was pretty tough second year was much easier and now really it's very free-flowing mm. it's much easier than what I envision it to be if there was hate and yeah. bitterness I I find where our relationship has so much love in it and our daughter gets to benefit from that. And that's really a beautiful thing. Um, and I think that's been a thing like how, if I can't imagine having such a bitter, distant relationship with Charlie had we gone the other way. And yeah. how that would take a toll on me yeah. personally and my my state of mind and my, you know, my energy that I want to give out. Um, but yeah, so that's about that's us. We co-live now. We've just moved states all together. Um, a collective decision to move move states, which was is pretty cool and a journey in itself. Um, and yeah, I think did I cover most things? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm sure there's things everybody will learn about us along the way as well. But I just want to touch on your point about the journey being where it is today is not where we started because I get so much feedback or even comments from people saying who are freshly broken up who are who are or even co contemplating separation and what that mm -hmm. looks like saying we'll never be like that and I just have to constantly remind people for because my journey was exactly the same where the first two years were the most challenging because you're trying to create a new kind of normal that the where we are now is not where I started and that the principles that you and I have come up with are daily practices that you implement in your relationship. And that's what's helped both of us to have the kind of relationship that we've got today with our co-parents. And so trying to compare journeys and expecting you, anyone, even me, to go from zero to 100 in like the first week of separation is not realistic. It certainly wasn't my experience. It was a year of dedication to our vision and hard work and tears and all of those kinds of things. But ultimately one year out of a lifetime with your co-parent oh, is not a thing, right? Yeah. It's not a lot it's of time a to lifetime, ask for. Mm -hmm. But it's a lifetime. And I think that like your kid doesn't turn 18 and you're like, <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> like, I don't have to speak anymore because um, we made it. Like, I don't know. I lived at home until I was like 22. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that's another point for us is that you mm. are in this for life, whether you like yeah. it or not. Steve and, and I call each other life partners because yeah. even though we're not married or husband and wife or, you know, romantically involved anymore, we are life partners and we're committed to this relationship, this partnership of parenting forever totally and I think just to mm. 
before you go on to your story, just the first two years, you're also like, if you, I mean, we separated both of us from when our children were quite young, but mm. you're still navigating parenting. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I was still in that. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm still like, like that. <laughs> you're still alive, but I don't quite know how I'm doing it. Like, yeah. you know, and I think, so just being mindful of each other's processes and mm-hmm. each other's healing. And, you know, you might heal or you might feel ready to co-parent before the other person feels ready. Mm-hmm. And so you might take on more of the leading. Like Charlie was very patient with me mm-hmm. in the beginning. It took me a lot longer to come to this idea, um, come around to the idea, I would say, than, than he did. And he just just waited. Just let me go through my my process. And my process was just longer than his. There's no right or wrong in that. Mm. We eventually came to the right place. But I think it's just being respectful that you're both not going to move necessarily at the same time. Mm. And even mm-hmm. now, like if I'm struggling within our relationship or with something, he'll take the lead. And now I'll take the lead if he's struggling and you just kind of back and forth. And I yeah. think we've spoken about this. You guys yeah. do that too. So yeah, I think... Yeah, just being respectful of each other if you're starting out and just understanding that just because you feel really ready doesn't necessarily mean the other person feels really ready. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'll share a little bit about my story. So uh, my name is Monique and I live in New Zealand with my co-parent, Steve, and my five-year-old son, Bowden. So uh, we do co-live as well. We have been separated for, I think, like four years now. Um, we separated just around when Bo was one, just before Bo turned one. And we had been childhood sweethearts. So we had been together for a very long time. We'd been together since we were 15 and we were married. And our separation was extremely difficult because for many reasons, not the least that our histories and our families and our friendships and everything and our life was so intertwined. And then we had a child and Bowden was also a surprise because I just never wanted kids. <laughs> but he had other ideas um and so when we first separated we kind of hate I don't want to say like hated each other but our relationship was full of conflict and it was just hurt stories conflict like competing with hurt stories who who was hurting the most was basically our narrative and I don't know what switched but I just kept working on myself working on myself working on myself and not needing him to change And slowly something shifted where I had a little bit of space to maybe think about what I really want our relationship to look like. I started to really get into parenting, really started to getting into my own healing and intergenerational trauma and what that looked like. And I started to think, what does this look like? What is Bo's experience of us right now? And that was a really pivotal thought for me because it helped me. um, I suppose, look at my relationship with Steve from a different perspective. And I was definitely the lead in the beginning as well. Steve was really anti the idea, actually. And he just thought we have to separate and have no contact, which is very normal for both of us. We both had parents who had not just difficult breakups, but pretty toxic separations. Uh, I can't speak for his family, but my parents, it was just a lot of manipulation, um, parental alienation, abuse, physical and verbal, all of the things were involved. And it was such a traumatic experience for me growing up. And I had to spend so much time unwinding all the stories that I had picked up as a child and all of the meaning making I had made about those experiences and unravel them throughout my adulthood. And I knew I didn't want Bo to have that, have to waste time doing any of that shit basically. 
Yeah, so I was the same. I was very patient with Steve. I just let him – also, he didn't trust me really in the beginning because um, I had been kind of standoffish for so long and keeping him at a distance and then all of a sudden I'm trying to get close again while having boundaries. So trying to get close with someone without wanting to get back together, it can be a very confusing thing, which is also something that we'll talk about. Um, but very slowly we started working things out together and it involved a number of things like counseling and therapy and family meetings and all of the things. And now we're in this really beautiful space um, where we do co-live. We still come up against people's beliefs and stories about what separation should look like and why we're living together. And it's all weird and confusing for other people. But for us, it feels so normal and nourishing. And you just, I get to experience things that I never would if if we had gone the other route, I suppose. I get to see his blossoming relationship with Bowden and Bowden gets to see his parents being really good friends. Like I bought Steve a present the other day, this book he's been trying to find for ages and I found it overseas and I got it sent here and I gave it to him and this big exaggerated display and he hugged me and Bo, I caught Bo's like face out of the corner of my eye, smiling like a real happy smile to see his parents Aww. hugging. And it was so sweet. And I just, it's moments like that, that really make all of the hard times worth it. Cause believe me, he can be a pain in the ass, but I can be a pain in the ass as well. You know, just human, human things. Well, that's a big thing we're going to talk mm. about too, is like, you're not like, we're not perfect. It's yeah. And perfection's not the goal. No. Yeah. Um, but not making those imperfect assholey things mean something more than they than they are. <laughs> letting go of things. Yeah, letting yeah. go of things. That and becomes not... a really big thing. It does. Maybe we should call thing, it though. letting go of things, not <laughs> together letting apart. go of our fullness yeah yeah right, right. we have one of those yeah. moments like because rocky and i she co-sleeps with me still um if i'm out for the night she'll stay with charlie but um and most mornings i'm like right you ready to jump on daddy or race you and it's just the cutest little thing that we have and i feel so lucky that she gets to have us both and we mm. run in and we jump on the bed and we're just lying in there and yeah. we just talk about what we're doing for the day and it's just the cutest family moments that I know like I know that we're eventually going to live separately but I love that her early childhood is going to be based off memories of us all together and doing family things and it just yeah oh makes my heart feel so full same same and I think our and whole intention with this is to invite everybody into this community of this movement really of rewriting the narrative of what parenting after separation looks like. Yeah. And I think we both yeah. really strongly believe, and this sound can, can sound a bit harsh, but like your child didn't decide to be born. Mm. You did that. And they didn't decide to be born into a family that separates and that's our own stuff. And there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. You know, well, I'm not one of those people that's like, stay, make it work for the kids by any means, mm. obviously. Mm. But I do think there needs to be a sense of responsibility on us as parents to sort through our own stuff to make it as less as less traumatic, the least amount of trauma. Yeah, minimize, oh, I can't word mitigate. It. Minimize. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, for them because they shouldn't. You know, so many of my friends. Oh yeah, my parents divorced when I was this age, and it took me years to get over, and I still don't know mm -hmm. if I'm over it. And 
you know, like the breaking up of a family, so to speak, even though I don't necessarily identify with a broken family, I don't feel mm. like our family is broken. I don't feel like you would feel the same. I definitely so don't I feel really like don't that. like that saying, but it can be, it can be in not great circumstances, a really traumatic time for a child. And I mm. guess that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to minimize that and go, Hey, you know what, as the parents, you actually have some responsibility here to make it, you can, and that's what we're creating a space for, make it a really beautiful thing where your children learn, hey, they don't get on in a romantic sense anymore, but my God, look what they did for us. They're great friends. Really want to reiterate, and we said we would reiterate this, but your journey does not need to look like ours. We are not sitting here preaching that everyone needs to be co-living with their ex-partners because if that doesn't work for you and that doesn't work for your family, then that doesn't work. And I've lived separately from Charlie and you've lived separately from Mm. Steve. It's just now in this space that we're both in now, that's what works for us. And, but that doesn't mean that we're sitting here going, you should be able to do this. That's not what we mean. We are just making a child-centered approach to a way of, I guess, being with you and still, okay, I went Mm. off. I don't know where I've gone with that. But no, I get get what I mean. What we're doing is we're inviting everybody to look at this differently. Yes. Yeah. Your differently doesn't have to be what we are. It can be your own thing. I honestly like had this thought, this is just totally random tangent, but I was thinking about what makes a good parent. And I think what makes a good parent is someone who is always asking themselves why. Mm -hmm. Having the questions. And what I mean by that in the context of co-parenting is why do I believe this about separation? Yes. Why are we taking this path? Mm -hmm. Why am I responding in that way? why you know just constantly asking questions and thinking deeply and if you still make the decision to go down whatever path it is that you're going down after asking yourself why for whatever reason then that's that's okay but I think we bypass that why and we just accept that things are the way they are and we don't take personal responsibility and we don't think about ways that things can be different Mm -hmm. um and we just accept things for the way they are really yeah and there definitely has been people because the more I speak about it, the more people come out of the wood, the wood, the, the woodwork, the woodwork. And they're <laughs> like, um, I was like, that sounds weird. Um, and we'll say, oh, my parents did this. We had family dinner once and once a week, you know, and it was back mm. in, ages ago. It just wasn't spoken about. And I think that's the beauty of all the platforms, of all the social media platforms and everything now is like things that were not really seen or heard mm. can now be normalized. Yeah. And that's really all we're trying to do is normalize co-parenting as a beautiful thing. And it's the transitioning of a relationship from romantic to friendship and that it's so rewarding. Yeah, it is. So right. join us on this journey. We will be having a really varied guest in terms of psychologists and then hopefully yes. real life experiences of other people that are not just ours so that you can see how dynamic and different different co-parenting relationships look like and find one that fits you and um, use that to help you in your own journey. So join us on this ride, join the movement and we'll see you next week. Thanks for being part of the co-parenting movement. We are so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review and subscribe. If you know any friends or family going through a separation with children, please pass this on so we can reach as many people as possible. Follow at Parenting Together Apart on Instagram and we'll see you next time.